It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, June 7th. 2022 today we're looking at the fantasy outlook for the Miami Dolphins tight ends and whether or not we should be taking the over or the under based on a couple of fantasy projections for 2022 production you are locked on Dolphins your daily Miami Dolphins podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, our focus is on the tight end, specifically tight end Mike Isecki. We will also talk about Hunter Long and talk about the, uh, the projections that some of the prominent fantasy outlets, namely Yahoo and ESPN, are providing both of those players for the upcoming season and whether or not you know we would use those barometers to take the over or the under for the season to come. Uh, but before we get there, I do want to touch quickly on, I know there's been some additional reporting on the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, and one report in particular, I believe it was from Omar Kelly of the Sun-Sentinel, uh, talking about how there was a, a player who gave some feedback that that Tua kind of really needed to, to break out of his shell and not be reserved in order to um, earn from his teammates the the leadership role that you would expect for a quarterback, and that that's paraphrasing what was said, but I think this was this was worth mentioning here on the show. Um, because there's some workplace expectations that I think people have for for quarterbacks that um, might not necessarily fall in line with actuality. Uh, and, and what I mean when I say that is if you've ever worked a job, I guarantee you there was somebody at your job that did not like you. For whatever reason, right or wrong, right? Um, I can guarantee you for me personally, every place that I have worked, I have tried to be authentic to who I am. I have tried to embrace doing the best job that I can do, uh, but I was not going to cross over those two lines. And there were people, I know for a fact that I've worked in environments where there were people that were like, man, like, I can't stand Kyle, right? He just rubs me the wrong way. Whatever reason. 
So, you know, all of these Dolphins player in locker room says X about player Y, whether it's Tua or anybody else. You got in the offseason 90 guys on a roster. And yes, we all have the common passion of football that brings everybody together. But can we honestly say that everybody is just going to be like rainbows and sunshine, holding hands, singing Kumbaya with Tua strumming the ukulele, life is good all the time. If you ask enough people, you'll find whatever opinion you on the entire spectrum could expect to find about a person. So I'm trying not to take too much weight into any Tua Tagovailoa discourse at this point in the time because Again, there's there's not enough new information, right? There, there's not enough of, other than the practice clips that we see, the uh, talking points that come from post-OTA press conferences, there's just not enough to be able to say anything with definitive confidence right now. But I, I couldn't help but when I heard this snip of somebody read the clip, I should say, of somebody within the Dolphins locker room saying, hey, you know, Tua, you got to step it up. You got to, uh, he's got to be, got to earn a, a more prominent leadership role for a quarterback. And again, that's paraphrasing the general gist of the story that came out. Um There'd be people that that would tell you, and obviously I'm the director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and I've worked with a lot of people in the 10 years that I've been in this space. I know I rub some people the wrong way because they rub me the wrong way, and you you just kind of have a different viewpoint on how things should be done uh, or how things need to be done, and those differences of opinions can really fester over time so i try not to read too much into it but i'm also not surprised that that opinion exists out there because that opinion believe it or not is it exists about everybody in every workplace environment so that was one observation that i've had on on the timeline early this week that i thought was worth just acknowledging uh so too was tyree kill um, going on Good Morning Football and being asked uh, about his quarterback versus Patrick Mahomes. And of course, when you're coming from Patrick Mahomes, there's always going to be some skepticism. Uh, but Tua, and the, the quote is, um, I just want people to understand that I went for 150 with Matt Moore as my quarterback versus the Minnesota Vikings. I love Matt Moore, but Tua is 10 Matt Moores. And first of all, Tyreek, we're going to have to talk about letting Matt Moore catch strays, man. It's <laughs> I love Matt Moore as a player too. Um, talent, talent is talent. And Tyreek has talent. And if you went back and, and watched the Kurt Warner videos, and I saw a couple of you tagging me on, on the social media timeline that we talked about yesterday, props to you guys for doing so. Um, the talent is obvious on film, even if the elite levels of production are not. Now, with that said, 
I'm still expecting a Pro Bowl caliber season from Tyreek Hill. And we went through that when we did our fantasy outlooks for the Dolphins' two prominent wide receivers in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. We did that a couple of weeks ago on the show. I think it was two weeks ago. And then um, we did a couple other players offensively too, but we did not get to the tight ends, which is why now is the perfect time to transition to talking about the tight end room in general. Uh, but before we get there, if you're looking for fine jewelry, but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift for every budget. You can make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Dolphins listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. Perhaps you're not shopping for jewelry. Perhaps you want to keep that automobile of yours on the road. Our friends at rockauto.com have you covered. Rockauto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online. For the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price is the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So let's talk about Mike Kiseki. Uh Kiseki coming off 73 receptions for 780 yards and two touchdowns on over 110 targets last year. Uh, that is obviously a very lofty projection. Uh, to follow suit on, and depending on where you look, uh, the expectations are that he will not necessarily match that output. Yahoo Sports has Mike Gusecki projected for 93 targets, 62 and a half receptions, 740 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. ESPN has Mike Gusecki projected for 89 targets for 57 receptions, 625 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. That second projection being 11 yards per catch. So what is interesting to me is both of these forecasts acknowledge the same thing, and that it's that the lack of receiving touchdowns production from Mike Gusecki is a statistical outlier relative to the number of targets that he receives and the fact that he is a big-bodied receiving tight end who can usually thrive, prosper, whatever adjective you want to use, down in the red zone. We didn't see that from Mike this past year. But both are, are projecting and forecasting a significant regression for Mike as far as it pertains um, 
in targets, you know, drop off of like 20 targets from Yahoo. And the drop off is, is 25 targets from ESPN. I would probably venture to say I would take a bigger drop off in targets than that. Uh, not necessarily because Mike is any different as a player, but if every, unless you're operating in the assumption that the Dolphins offense is going to have 5,000 yards passing, which it's not, then I think you got a math problem here. If we're projecting both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell over 1,100 receiving yards, which we should be, uh, and then you have running backs out of the backfield, specifically Chase Edmonds, who's capable of producing 35 to 40 catches out of the backfield, which is probably going to be good for 400 to 450 yards. Those three players alone is 2,700. Approximately. I'm rounding. Not a math guy. But 2,700 across three players, and now you're going to come out and say, okay, Mike's going to get 750. Now four players, you're over 33. You have not accounted for Lynn Bowden, any of the other tight ends, any of the other receivers, including Cedric Wilson, who's getting paid $7.5 million per year. Any of the other backs. So... I mean, you add all those players up and you're going to give them what? Another 800 receiving yards? I mean, so you're talking 42, 4,400 yards when it's all said and done. If, if everybody's getting exactly what you would take for fantasy projections based off of their individual accolades and different environments between Tyreek Hill and not the Mike McDaniel offense and a running game that we're expecting to have a lot more success running the football and a much larger focus on shifting your pass run pass balance. And yes, you're going to get more run after catch, but Mike has never been a yak guy, never been a yak guy. So I would probably take the targets under both 89 and 93 and a half, which is what both ESPN and Yahoo respectively have Mike forecasted at. I would say he's he'll probably be around. My jurisdiction will probably be cut another 10 or so targets off of either one of these. So right around 80, 80 to 82 targets is I think what my expectation would be for Mike as a result of that based on catch rate, converted catch rate. Uh, Yahoo had him at 62 and a half. ESPN had him at 57. I'd say between 50 and 55 catches for Mike this year would be like my educated guess based on my expectations versus there is value in these fantasy forecasts, right? It's not just close your eyes and throw a dart. But um, I do agree that there will be a scoring resurgence for Mike. I think his productivity per catch, specifically in terms of points scored uh, in real football, not fantasy football, will grow. If Mike has, if Mike plays the whole season and catches two touchdowns or less again this year, something went really wrong. The uh, the synopsis for Mike, courtesy of ESPN, is as follows: Gasecki was slapped with a franchise tag and will return for his fifth season in Miami. He's fresh off a 2021 season in which he posted a career high mark in targets, receptions, and yardage en route to his second consecutive top eight fantasy campaign. 
His fantasy production would have looked even better if not for a huge dip in goal line work. The 2018 second round pick racked up 11 touchdowns and 22 end zone targets in 2019 and 2020 combined, but plummeted to four end zone targets and two touchdowns in 2021. 26-year-old has more competition for targets this season with Tyreek Hill in the mix, but a dip in targets can be offset by more scoring opportunities and what should be a better offense. Consider him a fringe top 10 fantasy tight end. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'd say he's probably, he'll probably finish as a top 12 if you're in a points per reception league um, when it's all said and done. I think one of the interesting challenges with Mike, and we've talked about this a little bit already, is some of the routes that he runs the best are going to conflict with what you're going to want Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill running. That three strong, if you go three by one, so three receivers to one side, one receiver to the backside. Mike is sometimes the backside ISOed receiver, and he'll be in a condensed split. Then that way he can, he can run a slant, he can run an out route, whatever. But if you bump or press him in those areas, uh, his ability to consistently get off that because he's more of a high cut guy is kind of hit or miss. But when you put him in the three strong, so that third receiver closest to the quarterback on the three side and you have run that Y cross or that special, those routes that fold across the middle of the field. That's really where I think his best opportunities come because his catch radius is so big because you can comfortably get those throws up over linebackers on the second level that he's running and, and trailing behind with his crossing routes. Um, and you'll also manufacture more matchups in that alignment against both linebackers and safeties in coverage. So it's very favorable. The challenge is, okay, well, what if we want Tyreek or Jalen running that for more run after catch opportunity? And I think that's, that's an area where I think Mike's volume is going to decrease. But as they mentioned here, uh, there probably will be some increase in the uh, red zone opportunities that exist for Mike Isecki. There was also an interesting quote from Albert Breer, um, a Monday morning quarterback, talking about uh, Mike Isecki and his expectations for the offense this year. And I did want to touch on this too before we get to Hunter Long. Quote, the Dolphins have had Mike Isecki watch tape of George Kittle as a blocker from over the last couple of months, showing how far Kittle came from his rookie year to now in that area and showing how much of a difference it made in what teams could do to uh, him as a receiver. He's been a willing pupil. I don't know that I like this. And I, I don't dislike it from the sense that like, yes, if I'm coach McDaniel and I'm the offensive staff and you've got a tight end on the franchise tag and you're coming from that kind of offense with that kind of player. Yes you should be invoking that player to inspire the player that is now on your current team to be able to do as many of the things as that player was able to do for you. But Mike versus George in the Big Ten and Iowa and Penn State respectively, um, Mike at Penn State was never a blocking tight end. He almost never put his hand in the dirt. And if you remember his first season in the NFL, offensive genius Adam Gase 
used Mike in line exponentially more than he's ever been used since. And the end result was Mike had comfortably his worst season in the NFL and was often resignated to serving in pass protection. 20% of his snaps as a rookie were in pass pro. For a guy that never blocked. And yeah, that was four years ago. And yeah, Mike has grown a lot as a player. And sure, Mike can continue to build upon his game because all players develop and, and continue to grow. But I don't think there's any outcome in, in realm of possibility in which Mike, who's been Mike ever since Penn State, as far as his strengths and his weaknesses and where he wins and where he doesn't. Like George was raw as a blocker as a day three draft selection. But George coming out of Iowa, like, he was raw athleticism, and he blocked his ass off at Iowa. I think that's a tomatoes. That's not a tomatoes tomatoes. That's an apples to oranges type thing. And, yeah, let's use this time to try and get better and be attentive and, and understand what, what ways your game can continue to evolve. But if they ask Mike to be George Kittle, I don't think that experiment will end particularly well. And that is not a slight against Mike. That's just, you wouldn't ask a 5'9 receiver to play X and serve in a possession role. As a different example, you wouldn't ask Malcolm Brown to run wide zone. You just, it, it, you just wouldn't do it. The skill set does not exist for there to be success there. And... I trust Mike McDaniel at this point. It would be very easy for me to be super skeptical and say, hey, you know, you you got to earn it from me. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I understand there's things that can and will go wrong. Uh, but I do choose to look at things through the lens of, here's what they're trying to accomplish. Here's what they're trying to do. Here's their thought process. Here is their process in general. And if you're process-oriented instead of results-oriented, more often than not, the results will take care of themselves. So I'm very much focused in the process. So yes, I appreciate presenting this to Mike to say, hey, what do you think you could take from this? It's a good process. But if you get into the season and he's being consistently asked to do those things because he's on the franchise tag and he's a high money player, that would be bad process and I think bad results would follow. Bet online is your continued number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest developments, news, and odds, including the NBA Finals, the NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fights, and NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We got to finish with Hunter Long. And because uh, I, I, I don't want to get into Adam Shaheen. 
and we could shout out Durham Smythe along the way as we go here. Uh, but Hunter Long is going to be a pretty quick and easy and painless discussion. I'm going to hammer, hammer the over on receiving production projections for Hunter Long. ESPN forecasts Hunter Long for three targets, two catches, and 19 yards on the season. Yahoo forecasts Hunter Long for zero targets, zero receptions, and zero yards. Unless Hunter Long gets hurt sometime between now and the start of the season, I understand, and maybe this is a loophole in the the scoring models because they don't have anything, they don't have a sample size to build their projections off of. And if that's the case, then okay. Like, I get it. But at the same time, this is a third-round draft choice, and sure, you brought back Durham Smythe. But we know, like, the San Francisco... Kyle Shanahan, they use fullbacks. They use multiple tight ends at times. And um, I would be stunned if Hunter Long is not afforded the playing time opportunities to produce a stat sheet that's, that's quite frankly, honestly, uh, I would expect similar to what Durham Smythe put up last year, which was 34 receptions for 357 yards. Like, I think that's a perfectly fair expectation for Hunter Long this year, especially when you consider what the fantasy models call for Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe projection from ESPN, nine targets, six receptions for 55 yards. So they're calling for 32 less targets, 28 less catches, and 302 less receiving yards. I'll take the over on that too, by the way. You don't pay what you pay Durham for him to not catch any footballs at all. And again, that's why I think you go back to the math problem that exists. Um, Where if Durham reaches his production last year and Mike reaches his production last year and Jalen reaches his production last year with better run after catch and Tyreek reaches what his standard expectations are and Cedric Wilson's own foot, like you're talking 5,000 yards. Plus you're going to run the ball more. Offense is going to be a lot better, but it's not going to be that much better. So um, the the Yahoo forecast for Durham Smythe, a little bit more favorable than next to nothing. Uh, 28 targets, 21 catches, 190 yards, and nine yards and two touchdowns. I think that's a perfectly reasonable forecast for Durham Smythe. So I would take the under on just about everything for Mike. I would take the over on every, literally everything for Hunter Long. And I think Yahoo's is probably just about right for Durham's Mike. Uh, as a refresher, Mike, my expectations for him are probably somewhere around 50 to 55 catches, high 500s to low 600s for receiving yards, uh, four or five touchdown catches for Mike. Uh, for Hunter, I'm probably looking for 30 catches, 330, 360 yards, maybe a handful of touchdowns. And then for Durham Smythe, uh, about 20 catches for 200 yards and, and maybe a handful of touchdowns. That's that's kind of my expectations for the tight end room. So do with that what you will. Hope you guys enjoyed this discussion here today on Locked on Dolphins. I know I certainly did. We got three more this week. So plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Make it a great Tuesday. 
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 